I feel like sometimes you go through hard times so that you're ready and you're built for what's coming next. I think it gives you character, gives you strength that no matter what comes next, that you'll be able to get through it without any issues. So you have to constantly get back up because it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but it will eventually happen. And if you give up too soon, you might just miss your opportunity. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and have clarity out of confusion. Because of this, Founders can have the life they deserve. Clarity is what I'm really all about. And this journey has been full of ups and downs for me. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz. And from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa with no money, no connections, only hard work, persistence, and even more hard work, to a European Ivy League business graduate and an expert on seven different psychological therapies with a great corporate job. And still, I've lost everything twice on my journey as a part-time serial entrepreneur, but I refuse to give up. So now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day, collecting all the lessons along the way. On this podcast, I'm privileged to interview hundreds of amazing people from members of the Forbes Technology Council, Google executives, Amazon, Microsoft, LinkedIn C-suite executives to Fortune 100 to Financial Times reporters and people from Harvard University, Cambridge, Stanford, even from the Vatican Church, congressional candidates, and decorated veterans, or just beginners wishing to make a difference in this world, all are welcome here. And thank you all so much for the support. After all this hard work, this podcast is now ranking highly on Apple in the entrepreneurship category, top 200 in San Francisco, top 100 in Australia, top 100 in Singapore, top 60 in Germany, top 50 in Canada, top 50 in the United Kingdom, and top in many other places. This podcast is really about having clarity conversations, which is what I'm known for. Clarity of where you are now, clarity on the right next step to take, clarity out of confusion and hesitation, and clarity of marketing whenever the need may be. So let's begin. My guest today is Angelina Montanez. Angelina is a self-taught UI UX designer, a founding member of Baddies in Tech, a community of black and brown women, empowering the advancement of their careers in the tech industry 
and she is a former gaming editor, esports manager, esports journalist for Tech We Like and Esports Nation. She has covered tournaments such as Red Bull Battlegrounds, ESL1, and MLG. Currently, she is involved in the startup scene. Angelina, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm blessed, brilliant, and blissful. (laughs) And I'm so (laughs) lucky and happy to have you here. So let's begin with you, with what's on your mind. So if I were to ask you these days, these weeks, what seems to be the thing that you keep on thinking about a lot It's on your mind because it's demanding that you either think about it, improve it, fix it, learn more about it, change it, whatever it may be. Um, A lot has been on my mind, especially when it comes to the UI UX journey for new people coming in. I feel like the junior role, that title, has such a negative impact on people when they're looking for jobs. I think when you hear junior, you feel like they don't know much or they're going to need their handheld during their journey at a company or wherever they're working. But a lot of people who are just coming into the UI UX journey know so much and they don't need their handheld. A lot of us are self-taught, which means it's harder for us and we're learning, but we, we've we come from so many different backgrounds that everything that we've learned at our previous jobs helps us in our UX UI um, job that we're, we're looking for. And I think that I wish more hiring managers would get to know a person instead of just looking at the resume. They don't get to know the person. So you don't know their worth ethic and what they're what they can bring to a company. Thank you. And if I heard you correctly, what you're saying is that the hiring system is broken in many ways, that there are very highly competent UI, UX designers who have a lot of life experience and rich previous experience that allows them to have unique perspectives that are very valuable. But because they have the title junior UI, UX designer, they get overlooked or ignored or get less of a treatment or undervalued by hiring managers and that there should be a better way to go about this. Did I understand it correctly? Yes. And in a theoretical perfect world, if it were up to you to design this process, how would you make it so that it's really fair and better? I think that you should have one-on-one conversations. I understand that you're probably going through millions of resumes, but it shouldn't be the years because I've worked with people who were in the gaming industry for years and they still needed their handheld. So I don't think it's the years that somebody has been working. I think it's the way that they have been working like if I can t- can hit the ground running, that should be your most priority because I could have six years of experience and you put me in that position and I, and I still need help. Like I still need somebody to, you know, go over things with me or show me how to do stuff. So I, I, I don't understand why years is such a big deal when it comes to hiring. Thank you. 
And if I understood you well, you see that the deficiency or the weakness of this are two things. One, that they rely, the hiring managers, too much on resumes rather than on one-on-one meetings, as well as the fact that someone is junior, they could be smart, always improving and knowing more, while someone who has been doing it for years and is supposed to be experienced might be actually just reliving the first day or first month for six years, so they don't know any more than they did at first. They need to be told and their hands to be held, and therefore there is no advantage in that number of how many years they had experience, but it's in the value, the work, and how much they can take off place of whoever is involved in the project rather than needing micromanagement and hand-holding. Did I understand it correctly? Yes. Tell me, if you were in the shoes, let's, you know, do a bit of a projection or a visualization or whatever, mm-hmm. you are a hiring manager. What is preventing you from having meetings with junior, with those Uh, junior designers, and what could they do that is unique and different that will catch your attention and make you actually consider having those meetings? Well, I would like to see how, where they worked before. And when you have a conversation with them, you want to see if they're willing to put all their effort into the company that they are going to work for. There are some people that just, you know, they want to work for a paycheck. You want somebody who is going to go and put all their effort into making your company look good. And you get that when you have a conversation with people. You see where their mindset is and how they work and how they, you know, the way they feel about the job. Like if if they're so excited and they're willing to learn and continue to learn, they may not know everything, but if they're willing to learn and do their best, what more could you ask for? So do you want the person who's been doing it for years and it's just like, listen, I've been doing this for years. I really don't need to learn anything. I'm just here for a paycheck. Or do you want that person that has that drive to take your company to the next level or put all their work to make your company look good? Thank you. And I'll play the devil's advocate a little bit. (laughs) How do you know, how do you know that whoever is getting accepted now is in it for the paycheck? Maybe they're also uh, people who are driven, who are pushing the boundaries, making the company look great. I mean, how do you know it? What is the way that you understood and discovered this information? Because to think about it in a way that there is always balance in the universe, it's almost impossible to imagine a scenario where the great people are always overlooked and only the weakest candidates who have some title or like years of experience are getting picked because companies will figure out over time or instantly that actually that number doesn't mean anything if whoever comes out of it is someone who's not up to par and therefore it wouldn't last. You know what I mean? Like imagine a bank... It comes, it has no funds, it's stealing everybody's funds. Just because it's called a bank, people tomorrow will stop using it. It's not, but it also means it's not true that there is something going on 
that is making those choices, whoever is being chosen, good enough. So I've had conversations with people who have told me, yeah, well, you know, this this job pays more. So this is why I'm I'm interviewing for it. But there's so many people on the team that, you know, I can skate, meaning they're saying that they can skate where they can just, you know, do bare minimum and still get away with it because their resume looked amazing. And that is one of the things that really irritated me because it's it's like, I understand you've been doing this for eight years and you're at a point now where you feel like you know everything, but how does that make the people who are trying to start their career in this? Like, so we get overlooked just because, you, you know, hiring managers are asking for, oh, you need experience. We need people who are five years experience. I blatantly had someone tell me that they, you know, I'm just doing it because this pays me more money and I can skate. I mean, I, I it says it on my resume. I have eight years and that's what they're looking for. So it's that's why I get so upset that they are looking at years and you're not looking at the person. Thank you. And again, I'll keep on playing the devil's advocate. <laughs> so if skating by is good enough, it means whatever more that you consider valuable is not valuable because it's even like Gary Vee says, whatever the product that you created that nobody's buying, <laughs> you think you think it's valuable, but actually it's worth nothing because nobody's buying it or it should be given for free because people aren't willing to spend money on it. So if you see in that way that someone has that eight years of experience and they're skating by, Either in the beginning, they weren't that way and they changed. But even then, if people didn't realize that they're not as good as they were or whatever, what's keeping them there? It means whatever you consider to be more is to the businesses not that valuable. What are your thoughts on this devil advocate statement? (laughs) Well, I feel like a lot of them go for companies that have so many people that it's hard to keep, you know, tabs on everyone. So that's why they told me that they go for big companies. They don't go for small companies. They don't go for startups because you're, you know, you're looked at, you have to present your work in. And if you're in bigger companies, it's easier to just, you know, get by, or you'll find somebody who you're working with to take majority of the workload. And Again, I think that's totally unfair. And, you know, UI UX is supposed to be about empathy, but it's not being that way to the new people that are coming in. Thank you. And thinking about it from another perspective, if you knew it will be difficult, would you have spent time teaching yourself UX UI or what was the reason or the drive for that beginning and new direction? Well, I always were was creating projects. I was always creating an app. I had to I studied Python, so I was also building and I got into UI UX because I was building a video game and I just loved the the research and putting everything together and making it customer friendly, wanting to know what made people want to use to play a game or an app. 
what went behind those thoughts. And yes, it, it's hard to get into UI UX. Would I change my mind? Absolutely not, because this is something I want to do. Even though it's going to be hard for me to get my foot in the door, I'm, I'm not going to give up. This is something I want. Yes, and you said something very interesting. So according to your own insights, what makes people want to bl- play a game in particular and get, you know, almost addicted to it and in love with it? A lot of people play certain video games because it takes them to a different place. So if you're stressed out or having issues, some people go to bars to drink and unwind. A lot of people play video games to go somewhere else. And for how many hours you play, it's your piece. You're discovering new things. A lot of people love puzzles, games, like uh, The Legend of Zelda, if you have ever played it. You have to think about certain things in order to advance in the game. And some people just love that and they get lost in it for hours. It's it's their happy place. I love what you're saying and I can't help but think, well, how can you make yourself that game to the hiring managers? Did you do <laughs> their UX, UI like experience and journey in order to figure out how to use those insights you learned in order to become addictive rather than commonplace? I think it becomes addictive because so we all love to win. And when you win at something, you're going to keep going. Oh, so I found this little artifact. Oh, yes, I'm going to keep going to the next spot. So every time you open something and you win, you want to keep going because it, it, it that feeling is great, especially if you've had a crappy day and you get home and you're like, yes, I just beat this board or yes, I can't wait to advance to the next level. It's always something you're looking forward to something that's great. I love that. So how can you make hiring you a fun treasure hunt? (laughs) I just love when people talk to me, like get to know me. I used to be very, I don't know how to say it. Like I was not shy, but I was to myself. And I just felt that me being out there would be just obnoxious. You know how a lot of people are like, oh, you have to sell yourself. You have to sell yourself. And I'm just like, "Mm." I just want my work to speak for myself. And I just don't want to be that obnoxious personality where people know me, but I want people to get to know me. There's a difference of people knowing who you are, but then people who want to actually get to know you. Thank you. And in games, there are various games where the characters, we get to know them and we feel a deep connection to them. Why do you think that happens, although they're not even real, but they become real to us? And how can you use that in order for people to get to know you without you needing to be there in the first place? (laughs) A lot of the characters are going through something. So, you know, you start to understand how that character feels because maybe at that time, that's how you're feeling. If you're feeling helpless and your character, the character you're playing is feeling helpless on its journey. And when it finally gets to its destination, you see that it's overcome with happiness. So a lot of people 
understand a character because they are going through something themselves and they see themselves in their character. So when their character wins, they feel like, you know what? I won. And that's just why you have so many people who are obsessed with certain characters. It's because they help them get through a situation where they were either depressed or they were going through something. Those are the things that help them get through it. And how you can how can you turn your resume into an expression of your journey and make hiring you a win for them that is similar <laughs> to video games? Do you have such ideas? Did you consider this? What do you think would be necessary for your resume to turn into a mini video game and hiring you to be the finish line that they're rooting for for you to win? And they get to know you even before they have that conversation or they look forward to it. Well, I think my video game would be very hard at first. So you know how some video games are easy and they get harder as they go? Mine would probably be very hard. This experience has been extremely hard. And there have been times where I felt like, uh, you know, I've been defeated, but, you know, I get back up. And I'm going to make it to the finish line. So my game would probably be someone who is going through the journey and is constantly getting beaten down, but keeps getting life to keep going. And that should show the determination that my character would have. Two things. One, do they see the determination that your character has when they get your resume? And second... From all the lives you've lost <laughs> along the way, <laughs> what lessons about life and the journey did you understand that maybe someone else who's going through a tough time but didn't realize them yet would love to hear? I think my resume does show what I've been through. It can it shows you my past experiences. I mean, being a woman in esports was not in was easy to deal with. I overcame that. I am a self-taught UI UX designer. I've overcame that. And I think that people what what I've learned with all the lives that I've lost that you have to keep going. Like you're going to regret giving up. Like you you don't know when your time is going to come. So the day you give up might be the day that you finally get what you wanted. Oh, I love that. Please tell me more as well as do you believe in life there is a bigger power, a higher power, a bigger destiny, etc.? Or it's like that game where you know there is somewhere a solution, but the role is to not give up because at any corner it could be the key. I definitely do believe that at any corner can be the key. I feel like sometimes you go through hard times so that you're ready and you're built for what's coming next. I think it gives you character, gives you strength that no matter what comes next, that you'll be able to get through it without any issues. So you have to constantly get back up because it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but it will eventually happen. And if you give up too soon, you might just miss your opportunity. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. So I'll ask you two things. 
what is the difference between people who get it, like have an easy game, it's not hard, so they don't build character compared to those who build their character and all that, as well as how do you go through that journey and stand up, stand up, stand up again and again and again after getting killed and slaughtered <laughs> without getting jaded in the process and becoming bitter? Well, I feel like people who don't, who have it easy, will never get that that toughness where you're constantly going to fight to get where you need to be, or you're constantly going to want to learn. I feel like if it's everything is handed to you, why, why do I have to learn? Why do I have to do anything? But the ones who are constantly getting knocked down is we, we start to build resilience. It's like we are going to keep going. And that toughness is what makes us become CEOs and owning our own business is because we've hit the bottom and we know that there's nowhere where to go but up and we're going to keep fighting to get there. So when we do get it, we appreciate it more because it wasn't handed to us. We we cried, we wanted to give up, we felt depressed, but we kept going and now this is this is our outcome. This is what we finally got. I agree a billion percent, but to make sure this is not what psychologists call the martyr syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe are you like subconsciously or deep down are you happy that it's a hard game and you in some ways are addicted to to the game being hard or it's just it is what it is like if you think about it deep down because some people will complain about the hardship but if you go deep into it you'll find that they wouldn't want it any other way and they would actually prefer it to last a little bit longer just <laughs> to keep enjoying <laughs> the process and the journey so for you if you looked at your heart and you were super honest with yourself is it the journey that is hard or are you in, like in love with the hardship that you'd actually choose the uh, super hard mode on purpose i think that i i am always up for a challenge so yes i will get upset that you know i see everyone else that has less experience than me getting the jobs that i want but then I, i'm thinking to myself there's something better and i am being groomed to get to that position so that when I do get that position, it like I, I'm, I can handle it. Like this is what I've been building up to, and I'm always up for a challenge. I don't like anything easy because I feel like I don't deserve it. I think that's the issue. If it's given to me too easily, I feel like I don't deserve it. Like I have to fight to get what I need or what I want, and then I feel like you know what I deserve this. Thank you. And is that related in any way to the imposter syndrome? Or it's something about personal pride and feeling that you deserve it for you, rather than to not have any imposter syndrome in it? Uh, I think you know what that is all about. Or if you'd like me to explain more, I can. No, I went through imposter syndrome. I did. I I had a, a startup company wanting to hire me and I was so excited. And then I got to the point where I was like, wait a minute, I don't know. Can I do this? Can I actually do it? But 
you overcome it. You're like, yeah, I can do this. There's people that have been doing this for years. And when they get a new job, they feel the same way. But I also am, I'm always up for a challenge. So imposter syndrome does kick in. But after that, it's just like, you know, I'm ready to go. I can do this. I love what you're saying, really. This is going deep, but in a great way, because (laughs) all people can relate to what we're talking about. And you said you have this belief that you're being groomed for something bigger and greater and better, and that you'll be ready for it. Well, a lot of people don't believe that, and that's why they give up. What happened in your life? What did you notice? How did you build that belief? Just share something, whether a story or understanding or insight that might help it click for any person who will give up simply saying, well, it's not working, so it's not meant to be, rather than you thinking, actually, this is making me stronger for something even better, which is totally opposite, but much, (laughs) much healthier, you know? I think it comes down from childhood. I saw my father working three jobs just so I had a good life. And what I would ask him, like, well, why are you doing this? So he was like, well, I want a good life for my kids. I'm not going to give up. This is what you do. You continue to fight. Even though there's times where you don't want to, you have to. And he instilled that in me. And ever since then, no matter what, I have always been fighting. Like I'm going to continue to fight because now he has a beautiful home in Hawaii. He is living the greatest life and all because he did not back down. And I don't want to back down. And I got that from my father. And I think that's the greatest thing he's ever given me is showing me that you have to keep going no matter how many times you want to give up. You can't because right around the corner, you're going to get everything you deserve for fighting. Thank you. And how many people, like the percentage, do you believe have to go through that fighting period in order to deserve what they get compared to people who are just coasting and just getting everything without much hardship for it? I think a a lot of people are are fighting, especially women, especially women of color. Uh, I think they get hit the hardest. Thank you. And if you were like in your situation, imagine this, and it's Mm -hmm. a theoretical thing. Your daughter is you, so you're not you. (laughs) (laughs) And your daughter came to you for advice. She explained all the situation. You see things from a perspective she doesn't see. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to your daughter, who is you actually, but you're the mom now? Keep going. Like, there are going to be times where people are going to try to tell you that you can't do it. It's not worth it. Why don't you do something else? Uh, You'll never get where you want to be. You can't listen to people like that. You have to find a group of people that feel the same way that will help you and build you up. And you have to keep going. You don't want to ever regret stopping dead in your tracks. And then years go by and you're thinking, geez, man, I really should have kept going. I should have never gave up. You know, you always have the what if, and you don't ever want to live in regret. You have one life. 
if you're going to fight for it, then you keep fighting. I really, really agree with you what you're saying. And the people or the naysayers will tell you you'll never make it. Why do they say that in your own opinion? What is about them that makes them say that to you? Or is it even about themselves that they're giving up and therefore they tell you this so that they have, you know, an excuse saying, well, I've given up. Everybody else should give up no matter what. So that we're all like the field is level for all of us. Or what do you think is a deep reason why people will come to someone who is trying and fighting and telling them, oh, give up. It won't work. I feel like a lot of people who do that have been in the same situation and they didn't make it. So I I think there's like a little, not a bit of jealousy, but just, listen, I, I don't want to hear your issues. I went through it. I didn't get to where I want to be. You're not going to make it as well. So just move on. Some people don't want to hear it. And then some people don't want to see you succeed because they've given up. And they see this determination in you and they feel like if she gets it, then I'm going to feel like, like crap because how did she get it? And I didn't. And we're going for the same things or just in general, because there's, there's people that if it's not easy for them, they don't want to do it, but there's people who will fight for it. And I guess they feel, you know, oh, I don't want to hear it anymore. Just give up already. I have a philosophical question about this, Mm -hmm. which is, (laughs) you said they have, like, they didn't make it. But if we never, ever give up, how can we fail? It doesn't make sense to me because you either die or you make it. You know, know, like either your life ends or because you're not giving up. So you cannot not make it. You're just on your way there always. I I know a lot of people who get stuff handed to them. So it's not like, you know, they've ever had to fight for something they wanted. It's, oh, well, I got this job because somebody worked there and I'm friends with them. So I got in. So it's always somebody who never really had to sacrifice and put all their energy into something. Those are the people that I noticed that are like, oh, my God, would you just give up? And let's analyze this psychology a bit more, you know. (laughs) Thoreau said that most people in the world are living a life of quiet desperation and they die with their songs in their hearts. So even people who are getting things handed to them, do you feel that they're happy or it's even that they're not on their purpose and path and that's why they don't have that passion? And it's my own deep belief that yes if you go in the wrong path that isn't for you i don't mean it in the wrong way but not your purpose you will find it easier than going on your purpose because it will if you go on your path you'll get tested in order to deserve it and therefore it will be harder for you than any other path because it will test you wherever it hurts again and again and again (laughs) (laughs) until (laughs) you're there So what do you think about this? That actually when we follow our true path and our purpose, the thing that ignites passion in our hearts, we will get almost broken down again and again and again in order to be built up again stronger. But if we choose something we don't really care about, 
probably it will be one of those manifestation things where if you let go of the outcome, it comes easy. Well, because you don't care. That's yeah. why it comes easy. <laughs> but when you're when you're on your purpose, you care. And therefore, it, it's not that easy. What are your thoughts about this? I think that I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people who don't follow their dreams or just take whatever they can get are secretly miserable. Like some people or some people are just too scared and they'll just take whatever they can get. Oh, well, somebody's going to give me this job. I'll take it. I really don't want to. I'm scared to fight for what I really want because I'm afraid to fail. There are people that are terrified of failing. I'm not saying I'm not terrified of failing. I failed, but you have to get back up. There's so there's people who will fail and then just be like, listen, I can't do this. I don't like the way it feels. It's I'm not comfortable. So I will take anything that'll just make me comfortable. And then there's other people who are like, yeah, okay, I failed. I'm going to get right back up and I'm going to do it again. And if, even if I keep failing, I'm just going to keep doing it because this is what I want. When you fail and stand back up again to try again, what do you notice about your character that is different each time? Maybe someone will relate because some people in the world actually would argue that your goal isn't the most valuable thing. It's the person you become through those journeys of ups and downs and being beaten down almost to death and surviving again that makes you special. It's not really the achievements, it's just things. But who you become is worth everything. So what did you notice that is different about you? And what are your thoughts about the fact or the idea that the person you become is 10 times more valuable than any goal you can ever set? I think that I've become, I've become stronger, but I have also wanted to help people in the same situation that I am. Because when you've gone through the constant failing and getting back up, you know how it feels and you want to help the next person behind you get there a little bit easier. So you don't want them to go through what you went through. So I feel like it's made me want to help people, even though I haven't, like, I'm still trying to get where I need to be. If I can put you or have you speak to somebody who maybe can help you, then yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Because I want, I don't want you to feel the same way I felt. And let's relate that back to the hiring managers. Can they relate to the emotion of falling, being almost broken down and tired and then having to wake up the next day and doing it again because it's like there is no other choice <laughs> because you won't you won't even stand to look yourself in the mirror and say yes I have given up it's not even an option anymore so you're just going through pain and just going through it because that's your choice and you won't allow yourself to give up can they relate to that sentiment and therefore can you call to it in your resume in a way <laughs> that they'll think, wow, I, I can understand this person. This is not just some lines on paper about some dates and data, but actually this person is going through the grind and therefore uh, it's worth speaking with. I think I do think some hiring managers have gone through what we've gone through. But I also feel like 
you know, they have to deal with some the higher ups. So if they need a spot filled as soon as possible, I I feel like they they lose the empathy in that where it's, oh, let me get to know this person. Let me see how, you know, what they went through, how well can they fit in the in the job description? You know, do they have the passion? That's all gone when you're are going through thousands of emails. Like you you don't you don't get to know people. So what you're looking for is keywords and key years to get somebody in the door to get that that spot filled because the higher ups are now, you know, on top of you. And I feel like if they weren't so bombarded into hiring people quickly and needing spots to be filled quickly, maybe that the empathy can start where you get to know somebody and understand where they're coming from and how their work ethic is and do they have this passion for this job. I think that if we can slow down a little bit, maybe a lot of people would get positions that should get positions. Thank you. And if those people, they don't have the time, the patience or the energy, or maybe even they're filtering people through automatically using AI or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, (laughs) can't you just switch and focus on people who may be entrepreneurs or small businesses or freelancers or being a freelancer with people who can actually understand what you're going through. So rather than trying to put like peg a square into a round hole or whatever it is to go to where you fit perfectly. Yeah, I would, I would love for that to happen. I, I think that when you look at somebody for hiring, you should look at all walks of life. People who have been freelancing, you know, those are the people you should hire too. Because when you're freelancing, you are the whole production team. Like you are, you're building an app from start to finish. There's no, you're not working with another team. You're not working with another designer. You're doing this from start to finish. And those are the people you should look at because they have the experience. They might not have the years you're looking for, but they, they're building apps from beginning to end alone that speaks volumes to me i agree 100 percent. and i'm curious about this do you really view your life as a game is it like a metaphor where you see yourself maybe like zelda or whatever it is since you mentioned uh, that and you're approaching life as a series of puzzles of levels that you're beating with bosses and evil monsters and you're leveling up and finding key skills and uh, weapons and whatever enchanted thing you can find (laughs) along the way or it it's not that how you view life if so how do you view it i do think it is built like a video game um you go through different levels in hiring process in your career and just like a video game you're there's times where it's like oh this is this is easy Uh, and then there's times where it's like jesus i'm uh, all these enemies are coming at me and i'm i'm constantly dying but i keep getting revived to keep going so yeah i do feel like through all of this that i'm going through there's going to be something at the end where uh, you know i finally get where i need to be 
you know, the key thing that separates you from the people who give up is understanding that there are infinite respawns, <laughs> that <laughs> you have infinite lives, and therefore play the game fully because actually giving up is like being a sore child or whatever who's crying because they got hit in a game rather than knowing you're, the only thing you're doing is not playing. You're just uh, squatting or whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't want to be the, the kid that, you know, hits a, a hard level and then just unplugs the game and never goes back to it. Yeah, rage quit. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So it's about knowing. Actually, maybe that's the beauty of uh, video games and people who grew up on them is if they consider life like a video game and themselves like a character, they just think, okay, the puzzle is there, the level. If I'm not strong enough, I'll add skills and abilities and whatever. And I know that the only way out is forward and mm -hmm. that I have infinite tries because what's the alternative? You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're in a video game, you can either just stand still and do nothing and then you're not playing the game. You're just letting li your life waste or you move and you get killed again and again. But at least next time you get a few feet forward and, uh, <laughs> until you make it. <laughs> yes, you eventually get to the end only to do it again on a harder level. <laughs> on a harder level. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Angelina. And if people want to learn more about you, they want to discover about your UX, UI work, where should they go? Can you share some about your work, about all that stuff so that we finish? Because it was really a beautiful conversation. I, I really enjoyed it. So I do thank you for having me on. I am on Twitter. Uh, it's my gamer tag and my Twitter is at xred underscore soul x and i am on linkedin by my name angelina montanez and that's where i have some of my work that i put up thank you i'll make sure to write it in the description and angelina it was an honor a privilege a pleasure and i wish you a great day full of positivity and recharging the you know like i'm giving you that battery kit or whatever health kit <laughs> to, to recharge me. your <laughs> yes to revive you a little bit well thank you so much you have a great day mm -hmm.